Welcome to Marginalia's Daily Readings and Prayers Podcast. This podcast is designed to come alongside you in your daily Bible reading and prayer, and to help you stay connected with the life and teaching of New City while we are unable to get together in person. You'll want to follow along each day by reading before listening if possible. You can always find our readings and short prayer at www.newcitycincy.org forward slash social. Today is April 20, 2020. My name is Ryan Zhang, one of the pastors at New City, and our scripture readings are Psalm 9, Exodus 14, verses 21 to 31, 1 Peter 1, verses 1 to 12, John 14, verses 1 to 17. Now, there are many mountaintop chapters in the New Testament, chapters that highlight our hope as followers of Christ. You may think of Romans 8, where Paul declares that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Or the chapter we just read through last week, 1 Corinthians 15, describing the glory of our physical resurrection. Or you may think of Philippians 2, where Paul urges us to have the same mind of Christ by imitating his humility. But if you ask me to pick one book that I like the most out of the whole New Testament, I would say, that's a stupid question, don't ever ask me that. But I would also tell you that First Peter has got to be at the top of my list. Because First Peter, as well as Hebrews, gives us a very realistic picture of who we are as citizens of the kingdom while living as citizens on earth. And I've always been captivated by this little phrase in the first verse, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion. I may have mentioned this in a sermon before. The term elect exile is such an oxymoron. Now, on the one hand, we are elected by God. Now, we are in an election year. Being elected is an honorable thing. It often comes with power and privilege and glory Candidates spend up to almost two years and millions of dollars to prove to voters that they are special. But to be elected by God has a bit of a different process. It's not because we are anything special that God decided to choose us. It is because God chose us, we became special. Most of you know that we have two kids at home, Edmund and Caroline. But I actually have a very special member in our family, he is now almost 14 years old, not very big, but very helpful. His name is Hugo. Actually, he was part of my family before I married Abigail. Now, if you're wondering, did Pastor Ryan have another son before he got married? The answer is no. But I did buy a 2006 Toyota Corolla before I got married, and I named him Hugo, and I love him like a son. Is Hugo cooler than millions of Corollas out there? No. Is Hugo faster than millions of other cars out there? No. Pastor Josh drives a Corolla. You may drive a newer and better Corolla, but my Corolla is special because he is my Hugo. God chose his people not because they are special. God's people are special because God chose them. God puts his love on them, and God redeems them with the blood of Christ. He paid way more to redeem us than the money I pay to purchase my Hugo. We are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, as Peter writes in verse 29. But then comes the twist, the contradiction. 
Peter calls God's people elect exiles. Now, in Peter's day and even in today's society, exiles are criminals or unpopular people. They are people in the margins of society. Think about how far the Brits used to ship their exiles to Australia. That's very far. They're so bad or unpopular that people didn't want to be around them anymore, so they're exiled. They're no longer welcomed at their home. They're sent away. And being elect exiles means that we will be marginalized by society. We will have to suffer for our faith. We not only have to suffer through pandemics like everyone else, but we will have to suffer even more. So when Peter calls God's people elect exiles, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's like me saying you are a blessed victim or a fortunate prisoner. But Peter puts both of them together, and both of them are true for us as Christians. You are elect, and you are exile. You are incredibly blessed, and yet you will also suffer many things. Both of these things can be true because of what our hope is in Christ. Peter goes on to write in verse three: According to God's great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. The hope we have is not in this world, regardless of how quickly our economy recovers, or how much religious liberty we have in America. Nothing we have here can qualify as a living hope. Because our stuff will rot, our laws will change, and we will die. We're waiting for an eternal kingdom to come, and before that kingdom comes, we live as elect exiles here. We go through various trials now, so that our faith can be tested as genuine, and we will receive praise and glory and honor at the coming of Jesus. And recently, I was reminded of something a pastor in China said. That pastor is now imprisoned by the Chinese government for his faith, but before he was arrested, he explained why he would not submit to the government's regulations. And he said, "The goal of disobedience is not to change the world, but to testify about another world. The goal of disobedience is not to change the world, but to testify about another world. While we are not under any major persecution here, we are perhaps under some much bigger threats." The threats of prosperity, of comfort, or the temptation to hold on to our prosperity, hold on to our comfort, hold on to our liberties, hold on to our rights. If you hold on too tightly to any of these things, how can we testify about the world to come? Don't forget, you are only exiles in this world, but you are elect exiles, testifying about another world, about a kingdom to come. The one goal of this podcast to foster community and encourage personal reflection in this challenging season. Reach out to your community group, talk with roommates or spouses, or call a friend. And here's a question to help you do that: What is one ordinary object? Maybe a teddy bear, a car, a city, that is usually not very special or impressive to people, but has become very special to you because you have placed your love on it. I hope that as you reflect on this question, you will come to a deeper understanding of God's love for you. If you think this would be helpful to friends or family, please share this with them and encourage them to subscribe. Links to subscribe can be found at newcitycincy.org/social.
Find more resources related to Marginalia's daily readings and prayers podcast by following us on Instagram at New City Cincinnati or Facebook at New City Cincy. As we close today, we invite you to join us in our denomination, the Presbyterian Church in America, in a prayer that really ties up what we are talking about today. Let's pray. Our Lord Jesus, we confess that sometimes our joy is dependent on our circumstances, not our faith. We have been glued to the TV and to the news about curves and economic predictions and reports, but we have not lifted up our eyes nearly enough to look to your kingdom to come. May we find our joy overflowing because of your presence in our lives and the eternal hope we have in Christ Jesus. Turn our grief into dancing and teach us to share our reasons for joy with those around us in a loving and winsome way. May our actions, attitude, and peace testify about our world to come. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Take care.